0: Hello, everybody. It's another night with your big gold belt wrestling podcast. We got the giant crab returning from being live at full gear tonight to get into everything that happened in Minneapolis and what we saw, what he personally saw there that we didn't see on TV and a whole lot of other stuff. Because Lord knows we have a new AEW champion. We have new faces showing up. And there's even, what, a a pay-per-view this weekend. There is Survivor Series. So we even got that going on, too. Lots of big things happening, and we'll get into the show right after this. Stay tuned. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. It's another fine Thursday night, and we're running with a two-man team here at the moment. We may make it to three, but we'll see what happens as the night goes on. It's your guy Will Mahoney here. We got the giant crab on the other side of the screen, and we may have a run-in or two during the course of the night, but we're flying by the seat of our pants here because it's been a busy week. We've been all over the place. As I said at the beginning of the show, giant crab was at AEW Full Gear up in Minneapolis. So he was there for the crowning of a new champion and a whole heck of a lot of other events. So it's a new, possibly a new era, possibly a new dawn, possibly a new chapter, possibly the end of a chapter. And I think that's where we're going to start tonight with the crowning of the Cowboy, the ascension of Hangman Page to the AEW Championship. So Jamal, you were there. Yep. What what can you tell us? Being there live and in person for the big
1: moment. So, uh, for well, for, okay. So first of all, uh, for the big moment itself, I'll, I'll get to in a, in a second because that's the question. But as far as the pay per view goes, overall, personally, uh, I, I would say it's a seven out of ten. I like the arena. Uh, the arena mm-hmm. is is great. There's so many video screens everywhere. Like you can't help but to see some of the action if they when they spilled out into the floor or into the crowd. There were nine different video uh, boards in order to, that were replaying the um, the action in-house. So that was a plus. As far as the pay-per-view, uh, Max Freeman and Darby Allen had no right being that good of a match. Um, they absolutely burned the house down, which really made everything hard to live up to. Um, and of course, depending on who you are fans of, uh, you know, people may or may not have exceeded that bar, but goddamn was that bar set high. As far as the crowning achievement, the crowning moment when uh, the referee counted the one, two, three, and Adam Page, you know, was crowned the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. It was interesting. I, I'm not a fan of Adam Page. Um, I think he's okay. Um, this wasn't. I didn't. You know, I'm, I didn't cry like the CM Punk fan did. Uh, it was like okay, <laughs> you know, that was that was going to happen. Cool. Let's go home. But it, it was, it is interesting as we move forward, and of course the reports are coming out that, you know, Kenny is super beat up and uh, he's been, he's basically running on cartilage and, and duct tape right now. And, mm-hmm. um, but that aside, cause it doesn't really matter anymore. It, what does this mean for Adam Page? You know, this is the first time in his career that he's been put at the forefront. Everything that he's done, he's been a, a, a bit character in, and it's not, it's not a detriment to him, but it's just that that's just the role that he's played. He's always been a role player. Now he's a leading man and it is interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what that legacy looks like. Uh, we saw Jericho set the table with AEW, bringing his legacy, uh, you know, bringing that company into, you know, from infancy into what it is. Um, then there was another champion. Then, then Kenny Omega, um, he, <laughs> you know, breaks open the forbidden door with an axe, you know, winning like four or five belts at once, uh, you know, doing double duty with impact, uh, you know, parlaying down in Mexico all of a sudden, uh, he hell, he's still a champion in Mexico. That, that's going to be interesting to see how that resolved. Um, and then where does that leave Adam Page? I mean, and progression is progressive. So how does he move forward? And I would argue that he probably has the toughest job not because he has to live up to Jericho and because he has to live up to, uh, Kenny and and another guy, but, um, it's because he is, this is the first time that he's able to do it as a leading man. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how well that goes, especially since he has better competition. Now, uh, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, Eddie Kingston were not in AEW when Jericho was champion. No shortage of challengers exactly that's for sure but no shortage of challengers with the legacy that outpaces adam pages and mm-hmm. granted he's still writing his uh writing his week by week but when it's page versus brian there's i mean that's not a that's not a matchup that i'm I'm. if i'm putting money down i'm not there's no way i'm putting money down on adam page and i don't give a damn if he's a champion because <laughs> daniel bryan's name holds weight adam pages does not yet so that's the that's the big like catch 22 is that like yes this has been a two-year build and long story ter- uh long uh, term storytelling and that's great for the marks but realistically right now as a company this could be very interesting to see if adam page actually lives up to the hype as a leading man so that was my biggest takeaway from from full gear um as far as the uh, other stuff uh rampage was was fine um I loved, uh, uh, dark, uh, because I love dark. Um, that was a great, great time. Um, the food was stupidly expensive. Um, and <laughs> Minneapolis as a city definitely closes at 10 30. So if you're not bringing a gold brick to go eat in, in, in the arena, then you definitely want to eat before you get in because there are not too many places that are open, um, after the venue is open over. So, um, and also, Always be prepared for snow because uh you know, walking to the arena from my hotel, um, oh that's snow. Oh shit, it's a blizzard and I can't see across the street. And okay, well now it's just damn cold. So it is Minnesota. Yeah, I mean it is Minnesota, so um, and that's what we call fall. So, but uh as far as the experience (laughs) goes, it was a it was a great time. Um, great great response for the local guys that uh, because there were a lot of local guys on dark um that got a huge welcome from the minnesota faithful um dante martin of course that's his hometown it's a shame that his brother couldn't make an appearance because he's injured but um you know great to see him gets a lot of love on on uh a rampage and dark and kind of uh even the, on the uh, pre-show you know they brought him out there to kind of um you know get that love from the home crowd crowd so that was just a really great experience to see that happen for him um and overall you know it was just a really really fun time a really great wrestling weekend but i think the biggest thing is that i'm kind of left with more questions and answers mm-hmm. about the legacy that adam page and how that relates to the legacy of aew going forward
0: yeah and i think that was kind of the story of dynamite this week where it became, okay, where do we go from here? We've closed the chapter on Kenny's title run. And then they opened the show right away, making it clear that, hey, Kenny's not gonna be here for a bit. He's got issues. He's got a messed up shoulder. He apparently had vertigo for his recent matches. So he's banged up. And part of me is like, even if he wasn't banged up, I think the timing is really good for Kenny to go away for a bit. Mm -hmm. To have Adam Page be able to stand on his own, what it reminds me of is it reminds me a bit of after WrestleMania 14 when Stone Cold won the belt for the first time and Shawn Michaels immediately disappeared the next night. And he ended up being gone for a very long time because he had a whole hell of a lot of issues. But I think it could be similar in this respect that the guy who was the dominant face of the brand, the dominant champion, the guy that was the brand name, gets out of the way so the new champion the guy who's never been champion before in both these cases back then it was stone cold this case it's adam page so the new face who's never been in that role before they're not standing in that shadow the shadow isn't there because the other guy ain't around there's lord knows like we were just saying there's gonna be enough issues with comparing adam page to a brian danielson to a cm punk to these larger than life characters that have Much more of a legacy than he does, so he definitely has his work cut out for him. But I like the idea of Kenny disappearing for a while. Who Mm -hmm. knows how long it's going to be, and I think it's going to be an uphill battle. But this is also the first, you know, closest thing that AEW can say to a homegrown guy, as far as like someone who is isn't Jericho, it's not Moxley, it's not Kenny, it's someone who does never been in this role at this level in another company. So it's about time they give it a shot and be like, okay, let's see if we can make this guy. We, we spent all this time building him up. So now it's kind of sink or swim. I'm not worried about the opponents. Lord knows I've seen it plenty of times in wrestling is like, you finally get the guy, the big win, but then as soon as he becomes champion, he just falls flat. And a lot of times that happens because they just don't have the right opponents for him. But I think they got a lot of options as far as opponents. That one thing about AEW is they have depth. So Kenny disappearing is no big deal because they got people for months on end to work with here. So I'm not worried about that.
1: I kind of agree, but but also I do think the Achilles heel of AEW is that they can book the chase, but have a terrible time booking the champ. And uh I think unless you as a champ have an actual direction and blueprint and roadmap for what your title reign is going to be, and you know, Khan will pick and choose from that. Uh, I think that you can tell that there's a difference between the people that are uh, are champion with a belt and not a plan, and the ones that have the, a plan laid out. There's a definitely mm-hmm. difference in storytelling between the Young Bucks as tag team champions and say Sammy Guevara as TNT champion. There's an there's definitely like long term storytelling and minute detail in what Alistair Black is doing and what Cody Rhodes is doing versus what Hikaru Shida was able to do. And it's not a matter of fault. It's just that it's really interesting to see that the ones that come with a notebook full of uh, blueprints and the ones that are kind of like, well, where do we go from here? You know, just leave, yeah, point the way. Um, those are the ones that uh, seem to get favorite the most. So I, I wonder as Paige's champion, which one will he be? Will he be the one that leads or will he be the one that's led? Right. Is it about,
0: is it going to be about him being champion or the people chasing him as champion and him fending off all these challengers? which that's kind of how they positioned last night with the first appearance of Brian Danielson in his new role, where it immediately became all about Brian taking a new attitude and Brian presenting everything as like, you know, I've, I I'm too good for this. I've done all this. I'm above this. So it's about you needing to live up to the standard that I have already set.
1: So a little bit of what I was saying before.
0: Yeah. It already, it already puts Adam page in the position of, okay, you have the belt, but are you, are you actually at that level? It still puts him in a position of having to prove himself as champion, which that's, yeah, it's a matter. Of, the The key now is going to be legitimizing his title run. Now that he has it, it was all about the chase. Now he's got the belt. Now it's a matter of okay, can he actually carry it? Can he make people believe in him as champion?
1: So, which does play yeah. into the story that he's been telling about you know the self doubt that he has, and uh, you know the circle of friends that he needs to have, and believing in himself and stuff like that. And I, you know, I think that that does uh, lead to an interesting point of like, well. Now we got to buy in, and that's actually been a, an issue that he's been having. As far as the story goes, now the question is: uh, So you have Daniel Bryan? Uh, you, I don't think that Bryan's actually turned heel. I think Bryan is just telling the truth, and the and people don't want to hear it, don't mm-hmm. want to admit it. And the long and short of it is, is that when Brian came out and said that as a champion, I did this, I went to work, I defended, I fought, I didn't have a party. I didn't hang out with a bunch of goofs. You know, I went to work because that's what I do. I'm a wrestler. And obviously in AEW, as a wrestler, you want to be champion so that you can wrestle as champion, not hold a mitzvah. And that's that's not... Like audacious to say, I I don't understand where like, like, Oh my God, he's, you know, he's such a, a heel. And how quickly have things changed when he's actually been saying what he's been saying from the beginning, he's not here to, you know, help the little guy. He's not here to raise, groom some talent. He's here to win and kick people in the fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm not seeing where Adam page, not Adam page. I'm not seeing where Daniel Bryan is suddenly this massive heel. And I really think that people are looking through it with Rose colored glasses. He, he's doing exactly what he said he's going to do mm-hmm. at the time that he's saying that he's going to do it. And the only thing that people can understand is that, do you have the temerity to stop him? And the answer right now is no, because he already beat evil Uno and they're going to run the dark, dark, order gauntlet over the next eight weeks or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, Daniel Bryan, you know, this crazy maniacal heel. I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. Um, because he's telling you the truth.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. And I think that, I think when he plays heel, that's part of what he does. I think a lot of what he does when he is a, a heel per se is he says a lot of things that he would normally think he just says them out loud. So it's think right. there's a lot of. He, he drops the polite veneer. And like when he was doing all the, the uh, environmental stuff, when he had the hemp belt and the WWE, it's like, okay, I'm sure he probably really thinks this stuff, but he plays nice and keeps a lot of it to himself. And he's just like going to drop that filter and be like, Hey, I'm throwing this out there now. So instead this time we're getting, look, I've been to the dance. I've been on the biggest stage. I've wrestled all over the world. I've held all the big major belts. I've been through all this. You haven't. You don't know what it's like. And part of the whole damn reason I came here is because I want to see that I can do this to the utmost ability against this new generation of people that pe- some folks may think have passed me by. And so he's just playing into that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's right. And, of course, hell, I'm sure. And, of course, he he knows what buttons to push. Hell, oh, all he yeah. had to do is say the damn word WrestleMania and people oh, lost their God. damn minds today. It's yeah. He knows the buttons to push and it's easy. It's simple and it's easy and it's it's so effective because it's just it's the obvious little thing. Where I was like, I just gotta say something about WWE. Boom, and people are gonna lose their minds. He and, said WrestleMania on Dynamite. He can't do that.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Good lord. He
0: knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing.
1: Uh, he 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 does, but 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 as as someone that's looking objectively at it, it it's kind of like right. Well, where's the lie? You know, like, like where is no, no, no. You know, like, yeah, yeah, he's that he's actually not wrong. Like, and and, and again, no. you know, looking objectively, it's hard for me to root against Daniel Bryan as this heel because he's he's actually not wrong. Like
0: no, it's it's entertaining. I, I right. like seeing him pushing the buttons. You can tell he's having a ball doing it. I mean, oh, yeah. he's out there oh. practically having a laugh over the whole thing. So it's he he's it's fun to see him cut loose and be in this role. And, you know, we, we, we hear so much about the creative freedom that you get there. So right. how far he's going to take this, the Dark Order gauntlet thing, obviously, that's going to fill a lot of weeks of TV. We're heading into the holiday season. So that's an easy placeholder. But God, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting past that. Well, so we well honestly, uh, you know, there, after
1: that. there's four weeks. There's another week, two weeks in, in the month and there's four weeks in December. So I reckon that he'll wrap up the Dark Order. Well, yeah, there's another Wednesday in the month, December 1st, and then we move into December, which has five Wednesdays. So there's six weeks until New Year's. And then January 5th is the New Year's show in Newark, New Jersey. So, And that's the first show on TBS. Which has Um, to be
0: a big deal. So that's going to be a big
1: deal, and I think that that's that's probably – depending on how the dark order Gauntlet uh, runs is that would be a good time to either wrap that up either that weekend or the week, the week or the week after, um, you know, do they do a title shot on dynamite? Maybe. Uh, has the next pay-per-view been announced? No, but it's usually in February. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how long they're going to string the story along because the whole point that they're, the table that they're setting right now is that uh, Brian is a fighting champion he just needs the belt, um, you know, what is Paige going to do? And if they decide to drag this along for seven, eight weeks, I don't know how long that narrative holds up.
0: Yeah. And there's also that um, the rumored battle of the belts special, which I think is slated for early January too. So they might be thinking the idea is title match as part of battle of Battle of the belts. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you do some big tag match to set the table for that between the dark order and something. I don't know. Some Brian doesn't really have any buddies yet. So there's not like, I don't know how they can mix whoa, whoa, that wait, up. Wait. They, they need something for the TBS debut and they need some kind of main event for when they have that special.
1: Brian doesn't have any buddies, but again, there's a ton of free agents of, right. of, of people that he do know that will be expiring sooner than later. Um, some That's will yes extend it to February, but we do have a, a, a bunch of free agents. I'm not saying that Brian and Keith Lee is the tag team that I need to see, but I wouldn't be mad at it happening. Uh, I mean it'd I mean, be very interesting. It could be very interesting. Um, you know, or maybe maybe uh Brian and, and Wyatt, you know, hook up again. You know, he, he does have friends. Uh they just haven't made it to AEW yet. So I think that that's like a really interesting thing that kind of still begs the question of what do they do with Adam Page? And uh, it's, it, you know, the ball is still in the air because we just don't know as they've had, if they struggled in the past with booking the title reign for a, a champion, you know, so. Uh, good luck, but also. Yeah, we're, we're
0: starting with Brian and then the question becomes, okay, we get into 2022. Where do they go after Brian? I would ho- hope this isn't just a quick, like page, like isn't championed by like February. I mean, of course there's MJF making out at- things about wanting the belt. And I mean, they yeah. have, people. they, yeah, they, yep. They absolutely have people. It's just a matter of how do they want this to play out? How compelling is Adam page going to be as a champion and I don't know, I guess, where do they go from there? That's, that's going to yeah. be the story of 2022. Is this yeah. truly a new chapter? Is this truly a new era? And how long does the the hangman cowboy era continue to ride for? That's yeah. going to be the story. So right. I think we could probably take our break here.
1: Yeah, but I don't see why we not.
0: G- get into other action that happened on the show. So, all right, commercial break. We'll be back after this because some other faces showed up. At full gear, that got people talking. So we'll be back to talk about that right after this. It's your big gold belt wrestling podcast, folks.
2: Since 1998, stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service as well as UPS right to your computer. Whether you're on the phone sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out those orders stamps.com will make your life infinitely easier all you need is a computer and a standardized printer no special supplies or equipment necessary within minutes you're up and running printing official postage for any letter any package anywhere you want to send and you'll exclusively get discounts on postage and shipping from ups as well as the postal service once your mail is ready just schedule a pickup drop it off no traffic no lines cut the confusion out of shipping with stamps.com's new rate advisor tool you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option save time and money with stamps.com there is literally no risk and with my promo code pod pod you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitment or contract necessary just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, P-O-D. That's Stamps.com, promo code POD, Stamps.com. You'll never go to the post office again.
0: All right, folks, we are back, keeping it rolling. We got Damien doing a run-in now from an undisclosed location. How's it going, Damien?
2: It's going, gentlemen, it's going. Uh, wrestling's weird, but then again, what else is new, right?
0: Very true. Very yep. true. Another busy, involved week and stuff. We opened to talking about Hangman Page's new era coming to AEW, which, of course, happened at Full Gear. And other stuff happened at Full Gear. We had some, I think, very unexpected an unexpected face, I guess we should say, show up at Full Gear. I sure wasn't expecting it this soon. I don't think it was on my radar. It doesn't seem like it was on most of anyone's radar. I didn't see much of anyone being like, oh I saw that coming people were like what but yes uh, Jay Lethal showed up at AEW full gear and got the full treatment the full Jay Lethal is all elite graphic (laughs) was immediately put into a TNT title match which he had uh, this Wednesday on Dynamite against Sammy Guevara so he was immediately put in a prime position didn't have to win a match to get a title shot and it definitely got a lot of people talking in a number of ways because one, as we've been discussing recently, this would be the first major ring of honor name that has suddenly shown up elsewhere and showed up very quickly. I guess it hasn't even been a month since ring of honor went public with their plans to restructure and final battle being their last show as we know them in this form for a while. And here's Jay lethal. And, I guess there's a couple things here what does it mean for ring of honor is is this as we've talked about the death sentence for ring of honor with jay lethal showing up and then there's just the topic in and of itself of jay lethal showing up in aew because that's definitely taken a lot of people by surprise and a lot of people are wondering what's up with that because there's definitely uh jay lethal's been involved with a lot of things in the last uh year or so a lot of public issues of sorts so here he is Jay Lethal's in AEW, so uh, Damian, I guess you wanna jump in here first since you didn't get in on the last topic?
2: Sure, so off the top, when I saw that he debuted at Full Gear, my first inclination was to go, meh. Because as we talked about last week, we we were pretty much trying to figure out who from Ring of Honor was going to quote unquote jump ship from the hiatus. And he's definitely not a name that popped up in our mouths first because he's always been lauded as a company guy, a true Ring of Honor, you know, original sort to speak. Uh, say, what, say what you will about his TNA run, you know, a lot of people do know him now from his Ring of Honor work. But when he came out, aside from a hardcore wrestling fan, if you're a casual watching AEW for the first time, you're kind of like, who? And <laughs> that's kind of the the thought process I have. Like, I, I understood, I know Jay Lethal's work, I've seen it. The black and cheese, most stuff back in the day was 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 top notch. The Flair impersonation—I've seen it all over social media. But aside from that, it didn't move the needle at all. Now, if you're going to ask me, what does it do for Ring of Honor? That's not a good sign that their lifer, essentially, mm-hmm. was the first to publicly say, "Check, please," you know, yeah. you know show me the and money. And even do
0: like a and I even do like a random like one-off appearance, full on. I got a deal. I'm gone. <laughs>
2: Yeah, pretty much. And who's to say that he didn't have this agreement, you know, with the powers that be to say, Hey man, I'm jumping ship, you know, just an FYI. Are we coming back? Can you reach, can you match this? No, right, I'm, I'm out. And if that was the angle he took, then sure, fine, whatever. But to your other point of his checkered past, we'll say checkered. Uh, I, I I'm really surprised that he was the first domino to jump because of all that but then again you know AEW has shown in certain spots that background don't really matter sometimes and talent you know wins out sort of like the dallas cowboys back in like you know when they were trying to make it back to the playoffs greg hardy was was the guy they took like four chances on even though he was you know greg hardy and then thusly you know talent doesn't always trump over personality or just being a good human oh is this gonna backfire on them if i if i'm being honest uh no because as much as cancel culture comes for everybody obviously it didn't affect jay lethal any because he's still getting them checks now if you want to tell me if the match was good last night i did watch it i thought it was a really good match i forgot how good jay lethal was in the ring uh but how much of that was working off of sammy and the whole well You brought him in for this main event spot on Dynamite. Great, but now what? You know, is it just Mm -hmm. a matter of... And I think you brought the point up, Will, about... You gave him the snazzy graphic, you put him in a prime spot, and you're wasted on a Dynamite, and now where does he go? Does he lose the new toy Shine? Does he go to, to Dark? Does he go to Elevation? Does he go to Rampage? These are all questions that I'm sure people will pontificate on, but as far as Jay Lethal overall it doesn't really do anything for me. And and to be quite honest, it was a good match, but I'm not looking, I'm not fantasy booking from my chair if that's, you know, if that's the long and short of it all.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing, of course, being in Minneapolis when he was announced was the surprise. And like, oh, shit, it's Jay. Oh, shit, it's Jay Lethal. (laughs)
0: That's what I was wondering. Live, how did it go over? Did did people know who he was? Did, like, were they excited? Like,
1: so yes uh yeah yeah, there was an excitement and i think that you know i think a lot of people um popped for it and of course once people popped for it other people got excited because it was infectious to do so and but for me it was originally like oh Jay lethal this is an actual surprise Uh uh-oh is he going to be a final battle And and of course, as we learned uh, hours later in the press scrum, no, he will not. He is done with Rig of Honor. Um, And this was something that happened prior to his, uh, to the company decided to do a different, go in a different direction. Um, His contract was up like next week and he uh, decided to do a thing early. And that's what it was. So I'm, it's not that I'm surprised. But this is kind of what we were expecting when ring of honor said that everybody's everybody's gone uh, whoever's contract is expired uh we will you know let them out of it uh starting at the end of the year um if your contract is is, is expiring this year it won't be renewed and this is what that meant now of course the question now becomes is what does that mean of ring of honor as he reiterated lethal did at the, at the press room. i'm a loyal guy i'll stay in the company until you close now the ring of honor is well all intents and purposes in closing and he's gone is that the canary in the coal mine that everybody's been waiting for to signify the ring of honor is going to be one step closer to shuttering forever um now the fan in me wants to hold out hope that final battle isn't goodbye it's see you next time but realistically this does not look good um, you know, this is the the last show um, of what is currently Ring of Honor, and he's not going to be there. He's been a guy there for 10 plus years. That's not a good look. And at the press scrum, uh, you know, Tony Khan said, well, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the first time we've talked about this. He didn't ask me about going. I didn't know that was a thing. So... Here we are. And honestly, that's something that we would have to talk about later on if he if we wanted to show up. But the bottom line is, is that he never mentioned it, which is also something that's very telling. Uh, you know, if I knew that my old job was closing and some friends that I had that worked there wanted to invite me, even though I needed to go, I still might want to go to the boiler room to the uh, uh, breakout room one last time, even though I'm working for and for a different company. Uh, but for him to to not be there, completely wash his hands and move on, is telling. It's very mm-hmm. telling about Ring of Honor. And granted, now Lethal is, what, 36, 37, something like that? So something whatever like the that, end yeah. of his career is going to be is, is whatever, whether he goes another 2, 5, 10, 15 years, uh, you know, good on him. But the bottom line is, is that this is very telling about Ring of Honor. Now, okay, that aside, what does that mean for Lethal AEW? unfortunately they have much bigger fish like lethal went from being a big fish in a pretty shitty pond to a big fish in the ocean over the Marianas trench not only (laughs) is it wide it is deep and that is uh you know part of the problem and i hope that lethal is Going to be closer to the Daniel Bryan side of things, where he's like, I just want to kick people in the face, than Christian Cage, who is just really happy to be there, or CM Punk, is just really happy to be there. But is Lethal the next breakout star for AEW? Well, I don't really see it. But yeah, it, it's already a crowded marketplace, and you know, Lethal at thirty six or thirty seven doesn't really add too too much on the front end. Now, obviously, on the back end. He can train everyone. Um, all the young guys should, you know, should pick his brain about things, but eh, I don't know what, where the upside is in front of the camera goes, but uh, you know, lethal's in AEW. So I'm, I'm down for it, you know, better than the alternative.
0: That's what jumped out at me last Saturday night when his name came up and we saw that, you know, he got the full deal. Yeah, I was just like the big thing that hit me right off the bat was just like, as you were just yeah. saying, It is a buyer's market right now, as we've discussed so many times, and there's so much talent out there, so much that's available, ready to come, that would jump at the chance to come in that you know you're not going to have to make a big effort to get, that people are, you know, people want to be in AEW. You know, just that's the long and short of it. People want to be in AEW. So of all the people to pick up, I don't quite get what the rush was to make this move to get Jay Lethal this quickly—that's the part I just can't wrap my head around yet—is why Jay Lethal? Why make him a full-fledged dude right off the bat? And I even like you know right off the bat like be like, okay? We'll bring you in for an appearance or we'll do a TNT title match. We'll test it out. It's like no, we're we're all in on you. You you are getting a full ride right up right out of the gate. And like we're saying, it's like you bring him in for a TNT title match. He loses it. So what now? It hasn't even been a week since he showed up and I'm already thinking it's like, is it all downhill from here? Does he maybe I can't see him going up from here as far as like the t- singles titles go. No. So maybe a tag team or something, but no, what, you you what's, know what I mean? what's his role and what was the rush to put him in this role? That's why it's, I can't I don't, I don't get the appeal to want to get do this so quickly.
1: I think that he's, he's taken the Ruby Soho trajectory um, mm-hmm. where she got in, you know, got a title match almost immediately after winning the thing with the thing and you know, lost it. And is, is isn't necessarily like starting from scratch, but she's definitely starting from the middle of the ladder. Um, you know, she got knocked down, but not so far down and she still is in play. Um, Ruby is, I think that lethal, can probably do follow a similar path and, and be in play. Like just because he was a guy that didn't win doesn't mean that he's, you know, just doing the wins on dark. Um, right. I think that him, uh, Miro, uh, you know, Andrade, there's a bunch of guys that, you know, haven't exactly set the world on fire as far as the win-loss record, as far as, you know, you know moving the needle is, is interactions online. But they're not like they're closer to the top than they are the bottom. So hopefully uh, lethal follows this Christian perspective where Christian, mm. if they need him to step into a, a title match or step into a main event role, they know that they can count on Christian. If same thing with Punk, same thing with Eddie Kingston, same thing with, uh, you know, Black and uh, Cody and, you know, and so on. I wouldn't say that about other guys on the roster like Preston Vance and well, most of the dark order, to be honest with you. Um, They're a little bit further down the pecking order. But if you know that if somebody else gets injured and the next guy up is Christian, you're good to go. And I think that that's kind of where they are with a guy like lethal, uh, just a grizzled veteran where they know that they can count on him if they really need him, but him being there, and versus him being an impact or him working the Indies or going to Japan is definitely a win for AEW, especially if they got him on the cheap. Because I don't think, you know, Leaf is making Jericho money. I don't know if he has, you know, a 15-year deal with options. So, (laughs) you know, if he got, uh, you know, a couple years, you know, maybe two, maybe three, and um, enough money so that it's triple his ROH salary, but pennies on the dollar compared to what he's making in AEW, Sure. That's a win for everybody.
2: And, and he may actually be, he actually may be on that short-term, you know, Zack Ryder deal that AEW gave him. I think it was what, like my five-match deal or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was
1: a five-match, like, handshake deal. Uh, this is what it is, and we're done.
2: Right. So maybe, potentially, if Ring of Honor does come back, maybe this is a short-term deal with AEW. He gets to cash some checks, put on some good matches, and if inevitably... In, When if R.O.H. comes back, he has that out to be like, all right, I'm going to go back home, y'all. Thanks. You know, I just want to make some
1: scratch. But the interesting thing about that is when he was asked if he was going to be a final battle, he's definitely said no. Uh, When he was asked, you know, why show up is because his contract expired. And that was that. So he wasn't holding by the phone. He wasn't calling an unemployment office to uh, see what the deal was. He was gone. And once he's gone, he's gone. And I think that that is a lot more telling than people realize. Um, And no matter what his AEW deal is, it's the fact that, you know, he's done, done with Ring of Honor. Not Mm -hmm. in that he can't. It's just that for the future, the future, you know, they may be moving on with a completely different set of tools. Um, And that kind of, you know, if they do come back, They honestly may come back as a super indie like PWG or AIW or a bunch of the other ones, CZW, beyond. And we may just be seeing Ring of Honor on like PAX at two in the morning and in IWTV the next day, which would still be a better deal than their Sinclair deal. But Ring of Honor is definitely going to like is basically starting from scratch
0: yeah the more the more we look at this the more you look at Jay Lethal's deal and as the final battle build now is starting to show you know we're starting to get matches announced for it it's more and more I think really quickly starting to feel like we're getting that confirmation that final battle is going to be the closing of Ring of Honor as we know it the idea that it's going to come back in the spring and be similar I don't I think it's becoming very clear that that's not going to be the case. If it comes back in the spring, it's going to be something completely different on a much smaller scale of sorts. And I, that, that seems to be the vibe I'm getting by the day. And we had the rumors also yesterday that the Briscoes may have either were going to be there or were there backstage, but you can't get more ring of honor lifers outside of lethal and the Briscoes. So if faces yeah. like that are looking to find work elsewhere, I mean, I think that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. There's who who, who else could you have that's been there forever that would make more of a statement showing up anywhere else? So it is what it is. I just, okay. yeah. The, the J-Leaf is just, a lot more interesting. Yeah. It, it's going to be probably going to be like, you know, the big farewell party, if C feels like at this point. So. Yeah i don't know i don't know but yeah Jay lethal i guess we'll keep an eye on this and see uh where it goes so By also way, this also is this the weekend.
2: most oh, yeah. this is the most i would have ever thought we would talk about Jay lethal
0: <laughs> on <laughs>
2: any episode of this show so i'm impressed
0: yeah i mean it sure as hell never was on my damn radar that's oh, why man. i can't get when i'm showing up it's like it's like why was he gonna you know pop up anywhere i don't know that, that that's part that's the mystery to me but who knows so also this weekend, elsewhere in wrestling, back in the day, it'd be a pretty big weekend of like, you know, one of the big four pay-per-views. It's Survivor Series this yeah, uh, yeah. Sunday in Brooklyn at Barclays. And it seems to be the big talk of the last week or two. Anywhere I look is just, where's the build for Survivor Series? Mm-hmm. Why is Survivor Series just kind of happening And of course, I mean, we've talked for years about, you know, the randomness of the brand versus brand format they do now. But Survivor Series is this weekend. It's just kind of here. It's just kind of happening. And I don't know. Damien, what what are your thoughts on Survivor Series? You went, yay, very, very middle of the road right off the bat. So, okay, so I got to be anything about Survivor Series.
2: Survivor. This hurts my soul as a, a person who loved Survivor Series 1988. That was actually like mm-hmm. the first time I actually was invested in, in, in a pay-per-view. Um, You know, teams of five strive to survive or whatever the catchphrase right. is. Uh, I was at Madison Square Garden when The Rock debuted in 96 at Survivor Series. Nice. So this hurts my soul to know that. The Survivor Series, as we know it, is no longer part of the big four. It's no longer used almost as a a wedding of the appetite for mania season. Uh, You know, when we had Ultimate Warrior and Hogan like stand off and just stare at each other, you know, in certain situations or like Andre and Hogan, what have you. Now it's T-shirt time. It's brand supremacy. And now it's people who literally just got drafted to other shows who were on those shows maybe two weeks ago trying to represent their brand. Now, if you want to go with this whole champion versus champion bit, that's fine. I'm okay with that.
1: Wasn't but, that a champion's already a thing?
2: Thank you. That, But titles were on the line. This is pretty much a glorified exhibition. Uh, you know, like Rocky IV it was an exhibition, but then Apollo uh, died. But overall, it's in my hometown. I had an option of going to see it this weekend. I even had someone say they wanted to give me tickets for it free. I turned it down Uh-oh. because number one, I just can't, I can't bring myself to invest in WWE programming anymore. And number two, I looked at the card and said, nothing knocks my socks off with the exception of the one match. I'm truly interested in that. I know isn't going to get time. And that's Damien Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura. That's not going to get any time. But on paper for me, because I'm a fan of both of both wrestlers, I would love to have seen them get 15, 20 minutes and leave Rick Boogs in the back, but not going to happen. So am I excited? Hell no. Do I care to see if if Becky and Charlotte are going to shoot? No, because Becky's done a really good job of spicing this up on 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 the interview tour. Um, I remember. Do you remember the wild card rule back in 95 where
0: I was at that one? Right, I was at now, that Survivor Series because I was here outside of DC. So yes, the the random wild card match, yes. Right,
2: and, and if they had that, if they had something like that where the sole survivors would be in a team later on in the main event, that would be cool. But we don't have that. We literally have glorified exhibitions and the two elimination matches. Are they really making me want to tune in since they've changed the team since they first announced them and almost did a complete 180 from the Twitter reveals? No, so it just pains me to know that this is what's happening to, to one of my favorite pay per views of all time. Uh, it's it, you know, quick little 1988 flashback. I wouldn't have known who the Young Stallions were without going back and watching that pay per view because they were the first. The Cankysadors were the first team eliminated in the tag match, and the Young Stallions were second. And I always thought they deserved a better push. But aside from that, I'm not interested in, in, in Survivor Series, except for nostalgia. Maybe The Rock does a run-in because it's 25 years, but even that's not enough to get me to tune in. Like when Sting was advertised, wink, wink, to make an appearance at that one Survivor Series, and it didn't make me want to tune in.
1: Yeah, so like, here's why I don't care. I, <laughs> I, I looked at the matches, and there's nothing... On the line like there's no title matches on the line at a pay-per-view you have the men's and women's survivor series matches and then you have singles non-title singles matches right, right,
0: and, right. and 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 the
1: tag match mm-hmm. and non-title tag matches right yes so what why <laughs> i mean like it doesn't make sense and then of course NXT is non-existent uh they've gone back to being a, a, a third brand um, or a fourth brand because it's 2.0 so they're different but uh it, there's nothing on the there's no reason to watch uh titles aren't changing hands uh the survivor series matches never really meant anything uh you know so so what's it for it, it's like the all-star game it doesn't have any ramifications it's just a thing that you just like, hey, we're going to go out there and do it for the fans. I hope that nobody gets hurt. It, it just seems silly considering that it's one of the big four. Now, obviously, if they added stakes to Survivor Series, maybe if uh, Team Raw or Team SmackDown gets to pick the stipulation at uh, the Royal Rumble, or maybe Team Raw and Team, or Team SmackDown gets the First or 30th uh, slot at the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. or something, just some stakes that you don't have to, that makes the match worth winning. And when I see that it's um, for Team Raw women, uh, Bianca, uh, Ripley, Liv, Carmella, and Zelina versus Banks, Baszler, uh, Shotsu Blackheart, uh, Natty Nineheart, and uh, Tony Storm. Okay, cool. For what? I mean, like, what's the point? And it and, and just doesn't really seem to be any interest behind the pay-per-view for anything. And that's uh, really unfortunate because Survivor Series used to be a really, really, really big deal. Uh, yeah, uh, Damian Priest and, and Nakamura uh, should be interesting. Uh, big E versus Roman should be interesting. But even if it's not for the title... You know, maybe it could be another stipulation or something like that. You know, maybe they have, um, you know, Roman defend the SmackDown belt on, on Raw, or the winner mm-hmm. defends that belt in a triple threat match on the mm-hmm. winner's show or, or another show or whatever. Um, and you, or maybe a four way dance because you have the two number one contenders and you have two belts, and then you, that leads into Night of Champions. I mean, there's just so many different things that you can do. When you have these matches on the line with no stipulations uh, and you don't add any. So, yeah, uh, it's Survivor (laughs) Series this weekend. Uh, I don't know what the build is, but it doesn't really matter because there's nothing's on the line. There's no meat. There's no skin of the game. It's just brand supremacy and Riddle and Orton versus the Usos. I mean, like, why are we here? That's really what it comes down to. Why why the fuck are we here? it's an exhibition show
0: in a vacuum that honestly, when they have these kind of shows that don't have a hell heck of a lot of sizzle going into them, they tend to actually be pretty good. I think maybe just because the idea that there's not a lot of expectation going in. So yeah. I think in some, a lot of ways these shows tend to over deliver because people are just like, well, what the hell I'm not expecting anything going into it. So it may end up being a lot And fun. I have a soft spot for survivor series for the team matches. So I, I, ever since they went to this team versus team format with the raw versus SmackDown thing, I think it's really handcuffed them because it's between that and doing it right after the draft. It's just like, you know, you don't have an investment in these sides. There's nothing on the line. As everyone keeps saying, there's nothing, there's no kind of like, what, why why should I care if SmackDown or raw wins? Why does it even matter? You're just, it's for bragging rights or whatever. I mean, yeah, there's more they could do for the sake of, why is this happening? Why should I care? There's absolutely more they could do for that. Now you mentioned an all star game earlier, Jamal mm-hmm. one theory I heard brought up this week. That was interesting. Is that like they should drop the brand versus brand concept and instead do the survivor series teams, but do something like where you cross it. Like with the cyber Sunday idea where the fans get mm. to pick the teams from everybody. So they're mixed teams of Raw and SmackDown against each other in like a Survivor Series All-Stars thing where, yes, it's still a one-off show. It's still kind of an exhibition, but you add some sizzle to it where it's like you get people together that wouldn't normally be together. You have like the fan involvement kind of idea where do the Survivor Series teams, do the elimination matches, but have a unique twist on it instead of Raw versus SmackDown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really seems like they've turned some
0: adversaries to the Pro Bowl. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's
2: that's yeah, a really that's good a, comparison.
0: That nails it. That really does. At least that happens after the Super Bowl, where it's okay, it's all done. Everyone's getting their little trip to Hawaii and all this. and you know, you know, going in, it's like whatever. But yeah, it's the well, think about it. Well, this. they
2: get they get a couple of months off pretty much until uh, Rumble season. So yeah, yeah. You right, get to take two pay per views yep. off.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And I go, I still go back to, I mean, if you're going to keep the raw versus SmackDown thing, I've, I've said it for the last couple of years. I think the easiest thing in the world to do would be for both the men's match and the women's match. You make it all about whichever side wins, they get to control number 30 in the rumble. So if the Raw team wins, Raw gets control of number 30. If the women, if the SmackDown team wins, they get control of number 30. You could even go so far as to say if it's a sole survivor, if there's only one person that wins, they even get the number if it goes that far. If not, I think the easier way to do it would be like, hey, if two people survive on the team, they're your top two people. You have a match in December for them to fight it out for number 30. But then you have the automatic, in a kayfabe sense, you have incentive for why people would want to win something on the line that they would want in the number 30 spot. And you could stretch it out for a couple of weeks of like, okay, the raw team won. The last two people were Randy Orton and uh, who else? Who an big guy Raw or the Miz or something. So in Almost. December, they're going to have to go at it to see who will get that number 30 spot for the rumble. I do well, There's stuff you can Ra- easily Remember do. Remember last
2: year when Team Ross swept Team SmackDown and apparently everybody got a reward or something like that? So maybe something to those lines, like you're saying, kayfabe-wise. Yeah. A couple of years ago, didn't everybody get their job back, you know, when the authority versus Team Cena? Something right. of that nature. So Yeah. After
0: again, the fact, in- they've done stuff like that in the past. It's like going into it, though. It's like you want to have, like – What's the motivation for folks right. other than just like, okay, they're professional athletes in K-Fabe. So they should care about winning and losing. There's that, but it's not hard to create extra sizzle. That's no. the thing. It's really not. There's things they could do. So Survivor Series, yeah. folks, if you see it, I think you see that's it. That's what it comes down
1: to. There are things they can do versus the nothing that they're doing.
0: Right. I mean, we've just come up with like three or four different options of easy things you could do to throw it on there, to to put some extra spice on it, to make it a bit more compelling. So I don't know. It is what it is. (sighs) Money in the bank is definitely the, the the new big four. Yeah. It has, it has has swept survivor series, which may not even be big five at this point. It might be six. (laughs) It might be that low in the pecking order nowadays, but it's this weekend folks, Sunday night. I'm sure we'll have something to say about next week, depending what happens with it. But, with that said, I think it's time for news and notes. Yep. What is going on in the world, giant crab?
1: So uh I'll make this quick because I'm trying to get out of here in under an hour. But Boy Nakano, she is currently 53, uh, you know, legendary Japanese wrestler. Uh I first saw her in WCW, but the long and short of it is is that she is in the hospital. Uh she had stomach surgery after retirement. And uh, apparently, in July 2020, she was hospitalized with uh, due to alcohol issues. Uh, mm-hmm. She had cirrhosis of the liver, which is basically like a um, a poisoning of, of your liver, which resulted in hair loss, flaky skin and a swollen abdomen. Uh, cirrhosis is hideously painful. Also, um, you only have one liver. If you fuck it up, it's you. You're going to have a bad time um, and cirrhosis from alcohol poisoning is just unbelievably painful. Um but basically she tried to avoid going to the hospital and avoided and avoided and obviously that wasn't the move. So if you are a fan of of Bonacano, um you know, do keep a thought out for her uh, as she is uh, battling uh complications from cirrhosis um in the hospital in Japan right now. Uh you have Xavier Woods in WWE news. He is uh, involved with G4, the old uh, cable network that was a gaming channel uh, that ran from twenty to 2002 to 2014 and basically was Twitch before yes. uh, Twitch became a thing, except it was actually fun and somewhat informative and had 99% left uh, bathtub uh, time. So basically Woods is trying to bring the channel back, which is great um he also commented on what that would mean obviously his up up down down uh gaming channel on the youtube is kind of like peak what g4 was uh in its heyday and obviously his big uh one of the biggest things that he would do was it was in a brand called the party which was with antonio cesaro tyler breeze himself and adam cole now cole isn't in wwe anymore And obviously, WWE is not going to let him on their YouTube channel. So if that could happen on G4, Woods would like to make it happen. Um, Cole has a Twitch channel. Actually, all of them do. Uh, Well, Cesaro doesn't anymore because Vince said no. And um, Breeze and Sean Spears do. But the bottom line is is that uh, you could have Adam Cole and you could have Woods uh, bring the party back on G4. And that would actually be pretty cool to see considering that Uh, They had a good thing going, and because of petty politics, they had to squash it, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, Jericho Cruz happened uh, maybe about a month ago now, Um, March 14th through 18th. uh, Set your date. Bring your condoms and bug spray because they're doing it again. Uh, Miami to Nassau, Bahamas. uh, It's Jericho Cruz, the four-leaf clover for their fourth time out. I think one of the more interesting things is that when it says music by Fozzie, obviously, but music by Gutter Candy featuring Frankie Kazarian, the Vaudettes featuring <laughs> Shaw, Shaw Guerrero, and Mickey James. I know that Mickey's done music things. I didn't know that she had enough to put out. Like, I don't know, if Mickey has songs.
0: Yeah, she definitely had a country album when she was
1: well, in TNA. Well, hardcore country is definitely a thing, but I didn't know that she had like enough. Yeah, there was more
0: to said. that. Though. I think there was a full album. I think there was oh, a full on oh. album when that came out.
1: I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, yeah, we well, I mean so good on good on Mickey James. Um, Quiet <laughs> Riot's going to be there, uh, which is actually pretty interesting. But um, uh, see, so they have some live broadcasts, and of course the special guest, uh, Mick, Fo- Mick Foley, and of course you're not going to have uh, Mickey without. Uh, Nick Aldis, Moose, Brutus Beefcake, King Haku, Mike Rotunda, Dan Lambert, Jordan Grace, and if Grace is there, then Gresham's going to be there, Uh, Hornswoggle, Matt Cardona, and Brian Myers, ODB, Rocco Romero, uh, Yuya, Yurimura, uh, Ariane Andrew, Uh, that's going to be interesting, Uh, the (laughs) Boogeyman, and Cheeseburger, the world-famous CB. So it would be cool uh, to go on the Jericho Cruise Nah, COVID's still a thing, and they're leaving for Florida. But if you are going to go, it's March 14th through 18th, which is really super soon. Uh, so you might want to look into how much that's going to cost you to get down there to Miami for that four-day uh, mess pot of a cruise. Full gear. So with an estimated 145,000 pay-per-view buys, which is the second highest in the company's history behind All Out, according to uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. So the deal is, what does that mean uh, in price? Now, All Out, which is back at Labor Day weekend, did 205,000 pay-per-view buys, which is number one with a bullet. Full Gear at 145,000 in Revolution, and we all remember how that ended, was at 135,000, our number one, two, and three in the company. Uh, I think that it's interesting that their top three pay-per-view buys came from this year. So this 2021 has been a banner year for AEW. Um, especially after they came out of the meat, hopefully, of the pandemic. And it looks like their full gear generated somewhere in the neighborhood of $4 million, uh, which includes pay-per-view buys. People were buying it on Facebook uh, in other parts of the world. And it's, you know, that's how much AEW's cut was. Apparently pay-per-view at 145,000 buys could have mean around seven thousand, seven million dollars in in revenue, and and that split between AEW and their distributors. So interesting stuff that Full Gear was a pretty damn successful as a uh, pay per view. So this weekend, a lot of wrestling. Um, Ring of Honor is still on, so you know go watch that this weekend whenever it airs for you. SmackDown's in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, you have New Japan, the World Tag League, which is in, in Japan. Uh, Rev Pro is in uh, Huntington, Cambridge, Shaw, uh, England. And you have uh, WWE, they're doing a house show in, in Syracuse, New York, Defy in Seattle, which looks pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, ICW is in Scotland. Uh, you have a Survivor Series, of course, that is at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn. Um, and it's just damn shame that there's like no takeover. But War Games is December 5th um yeah december 5th yeah i'm gonna go with december 5th yeah War Games is december 5th which is a sunday uh ccw and iwa mid-south which is how the hell are they still a thing but they're all having shows uh this weekend so a lot of wrestling on the indies the survivor series is a thing somehow that's the news for this week
0: <laughs> there you go folks survivor series weekend We survived full gear. We're headed into the holiday season. I guess we'll have to figure out when we are recording next week because it sure will not be next Thursday night. So we'll be scheduling that for early in the week, probably Tuesday or something. I guess it's Tuesday or Wednesday or maybe even Monday. Who knows? It'll be after Survivor Series, though. So we'll know what the heck happened with that by then as we head into turkey season and all that stuff. If you do celebrate such things. So check everything out. At Big Gold Belt As always At Big Gold Belt On Twitter At Big Gold Belt On the Instagram Biggoldbelt.com For all your needs Podcast Live stream All that good stuff So Thank you for joining us Another fine week here On the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast And we will see you Next time What I really need